says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And, Father, as we hear the word today, I thank you that our ears are open, our hearts are receptive, our spirits are sensitive to know and hear what you're going to speak to our hearts. And so, Lord, as I decrease now, I thank you for the, the anointing to feed every person in this room the Word of God. Holy Spirit, you're the greatest teacher on this earth. And I pray, Father, that you will use me via the Holy Spirit to teach your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in our new series entitled Open Doors. Everybody say Open Doors. In 2012, I know that God is going to open some serious doors that no man can close for your life. Can someone say amen to that? And last week, we talked about how prayer can open doors in our lives. And today, our fast officially starts. And we're going to take some time today to talk about praying in the Spirit. Everybody say praying in the Spirit. And uh, normally churches don't talk about something like this in such a big setting, but I chose to because for two reasons. Number one, I haven't talked about this since 2009, which means there are a lot of people who have joined Word of Truth Family Church who have not been educated on how to pray in the Spirit. That's the first reason. The second reason why I wanted to address it is because most people have not properly been taught how to pray in the Spirit or how to pray in tongues. In fact, it's such a negative uh, because of what they grew up seeing that may not have been biblical. In other words, I'm going to show you today that the manifestation of the Spirit is not necessarily running. How many seen them running growing up? How many seen the hot flash hands? I ain't read that one either. Now, that's their response to the manifestation of the Spirit, but that's not necessarily the manifestation of the Spirit. It's just their response to it. And some of us have grown up seeing the responses and going, I don't want to do that. But how many know the Holy Spirit makes sense? Yes. And so uh, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And then I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. That was Acts 19 verse 1. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. And there are three types of beliefs that a person can have when it comes to the Holy Spirit. There are three types of beliefs that a person can have. Here's the first belief. A theological belief. 
and a theological belief is man's theory about what they believe about the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you, do, if you were to go to seminary today, most seminaries, in fact, probably all seminaries will not teach you about praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues because they don't believe in it. But how many know it is right to believe what's in the Bible? Amen. So you can have a theological belief, which is man's theory about the Holy Spirit, or number two, you can have a traditional belief about the Holy Spirit. And this is where we choose to believe what we've been taught growing up, even if what we were taught growing up was not correct. And this approach does not leave room for us to get new information and revelation of truth. But then you have the third way that you can believe, and that is the believing of truth. Everybody say truth. And this is where we choose to believe and receive what God's word says about the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I'm going to take some very delicate time and I'm going to teach you, hopefully, one major point because that's all I got through in the first service. And hopefully this major point will help you understand how what God has blessed you with on the inside, if you're a believer, what it can do in your life. Now, in Acts chapter 19, it's a story about some individuals who had an experience that was similar to mine. Remember, growing up, I grew up in the Presbyterian church. Most people don't even know what the Presbyterians believed or where they came from. And uh, since I grew up Presbyterian, I didn't learn anything about the Holy Spirit. I heard us sing songs maybe about it, uh, but they never taught me what it was and how it could, you know, how it could affect my life. And so therefore I grew up ignorant completely about the Holy Spirit. And so in this case right here, same thing in Acts 19, it says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, he came to Ephesus and he found certain disciples. He said unto them, have you received circle that word receive is going to be important next week. Have you received the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost since you what? Come on, class. Believe. Now watch their response. And they said unto him, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. They said, he went to them and said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? They say, what are you talking about? And that's typically the response from people who've not been properly taught about the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there are some of you all sitting here today who already know how to pray in tongues because you may have been a believer for a while or someone taught you or you just picked it up along the way. But I don't want you to X me out because I, I asked the Lord a question because I know people who know how to pray in tongues and they don't do it on a regular basis. And I asked him, I said, Lord, why is it that there are some believers who know how to pray in the spirit, who know how to pray in tongues, but they don't do it on a regular basis? And this is what he told me. People who know how to speak in tongues, but rarely do it is because their faith in its ability to help them has decreased. I'm going to say that again. People who already know how to speak in tongues, but rarely do it is because their faith in its ability to help them has decreased. In other words, the reason why their faith in its ability has decreased is because you have to hear the word on every subject that you need in your life. And if you don't hear consistently the word on something, then your faith in it begins to decrease. So now I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Is that where I told you to go? 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, what is praying in the Spirit? Here it is right here in a very simple definition. Praying in the spirit 
is a God-given ability to pray a supernatural language that only God understands. I'm going to say that again. Praying in the Spirit is a God-given ability. Everybody say a God-given ability to pray a supernatural prayer language that only God understands. In other words... When a person prays in tongues, when they pray in the Spirit, they do not know what they're praying. You say, well, Pastor, what's the advantage of that? I'll show you in next week's lesson, and maybe this one depends on how, how far we can get. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to point something out. I'm going to start in verse 1, and then we're going to read verse 2. Because praying in the Spirit is something that everybody who's a believer can do. Now, I know most of you all are saying, well, I didn't know I could do it. That's why I'm here today, because many of us who don't know that we can do it, the reason we don't think we can do it is because we think that speaking in tongues is a gift, and it is not. Now, see, I may have gotten something for Christmas. Someone gave me a gift, and you may have gotten a gift. But you know what? Your gift may not be the same as my gift because the person who gave it, or they could, the same person could have both gave us gifts, and we still got two different gifts, you know, because a gift is a gift. But when you, people think, oh, speaking in tongues, that's a gift. I don't have that one. But when I show you it's not a gift, but it's a manifestation of the Spirit, you're going to be like, wow, that means I have the ability to do it. So look in 1 Corinthians 14.1. It says, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, let's stop here. If you have a King James Bible, the word gifts there is in italics. Do you see that? It's in italics. Now, anytime you see a word in italics in the Bible, it means that the translators added that word to make the sentence make sense. Now, that sounds great as long as they added the word and it makes sense. But sometimes, every now and then, they added a word, but it messes up the, 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 the verse. Because here, that word gifts now makes it sound like whatever we're about to talk about is a gift. When that word gifts shouldn't be in there, it really should read like this. Follow after charity and desire spiritual things, but rather that you may prophesy. Look in verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown, notice the word unknown is in italic, so we could say, for he that speaks in a tongue speaks not to who? Men, but who? But unto who? So when I'm speaking in a tongue, who am I talking to? Now, it goes on to say, for no man understands him. Why? Because in the spirit he speaks what? Mysteries, look in verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown, remember that's in italics, let's take it out. He that speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies, that word edify is the Greek word edifice, means to uh, build oneself up. But he that prophesied edifies the church. Now look in verse 14 if you would. Jump down to verse 14. Notice in verse 14 he says, for if I pray... In an unknown tongue, what part of me is praying? My what? My spirit is praying. Watch this now. This is very important. But my understanding is what? Unfruitful. Watch verse 15. What is it then? What's the next two words in that verse? Come on, class. What is it? Who will? I will. Notice he says... It's up to my will to decide if I pray with the Spirit 
or I will pray with my what? Understand it. He said there's two different ways a person who's a believer can pray. You can pray according to the spirit. And when you pray that way, you don't understand what you're saying. But God does. And then he said, or you can pray with your understanding. And there are going to be times as a believer that when you learn how to pray in the spirit, you are tapping into things and you're praying about things that you don't even know you're praying. And by the time you get to that roadblock, it's already knocked out of the way. Amen. So we see here. That praying in tongues or praying in the spirit is something that benefits me. Now write down Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. Because I'm going to show you here that praying in the spirit is something that God gives every believer the ability to do. It says in Joel 2 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now go, go to Acts chapter 2 very quickly. Acts chapter 2. Keep your hand over in 1 Corinthians. We're going to come back. Acts chapter 2. We're going to look in verse 36 because I'm going to show you now that that, that that biblical prophetic promise that God spoke over there in the book of Joel is now about to come to pass over here in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter, uh, the earlier part of chapter 1 and 2, what it was talking about was when the disciples, he told the disciples, do not leave, but I want you to stay here until the Holy Spirit comes. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came as a rushing mighty wind. Y'all remember the story about that? And the scripture says that uh, they begin to speak in tongues. Well, or they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, let me show you now that that prophetic promise over in Joel was not just for Jews, not just for the Israelites. It was also for Gentiles who were non-Jews, which are us for the most part. In Acts 2.26 or 2.36, notice it says, uh, I'm just reading the context so you'll see what it says. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said, Peter, and, and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what do we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And watch what happens when you do that. And you shall receive, circle that word receive, you shall receive the what? The gift of what? The gift of what? So let me ask you a question. Based on what we just read, is the Holy Spirit a gift? That's not a trick question now. Is the Holy Spirit a gift? We just read it. He says, when I repent of my sins, then I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Watch verse 39. For the promise, the promise what? The promise of the Holy Spirit is unto you. Watch this now. That's who he's talking to. And to their children who he was talking to. But watch where we come in. And now to who? Come on, class. All that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He's talking about you now. Amen. Now, I love the continuation. You can just continue to read uh, the rest of that verse so you can see uh, what continued to say, what, what Peter began to say. But here's the thing that I want you to see. Go to Acts chapter 10. Go to Acts 10. I want to show you this one more time. 
so that you can understand that the Holy Spirit is for you as well. Now, I'm only taking one part of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and talking about it, and that is tongues, because there are more than just one manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, look in verse 42. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says now, watch this, this is really good. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and testify that he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, verse 43. To give him, to get to him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall have remission of sins, verse 44. While Peter was yet speaking these words, what happened, class? The Holy Spirit did what? It fell on all of those who heard the word. Notice that the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. Now, how do we know the Holy Spirit fell on them? Because if you keep reading, verse 45, And they of the circumcision, or the Jews, which believed, were astonished as many came with Peter. Here's why they were astonished. Because that on the Gentiles, or non-Jews, also was poured out, read it with me, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The what? The gift. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, this is how we know that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them because the next verse says, For they heard them speak with what, class? Tongues and magnify God. In other words, we can see here that the manifestation of them receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit was them speaking in tongues. Now, Go, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Because now what I'm about to do is show you, and I would like to have my 10 men up here, if you would. I'm going to show you that when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible calls it being born again. In other words, you were born in the natural, and then one day you had to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And when you accepted him as your personal Savior... What actually happened is the Spirit of God came and lives inside of you now. Now, I'm going to show you that the Holy Spirit is the gift. Everybody say the gift. Say the Holy Spirit is the gift. Now, when you get the gift, you get what the gift has. In other words, if I give you a gift for Christmas and it's a box, the box is the gift, but inside the box is the manifestation of that gift. In other words, it's what I wanted to give you. Now, notice here in 1 Corinthians, are you in 1 Corinthians? Go to 1 Corinthians, go to chapter 12. Let me show you this. Watch this. I'm going to start now in verse. Let's start in verse 3. Well, let's start in verse 1 because there's a word here I want to. Show you here real quickly. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. Now, remember that word gifts is in italics, so it shouldn't be there. Now, concerning spiritual things or spiritual brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, even as you were led. Watch this now. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus a curse. Look in verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts. Now, that word gifts is right. So he's saying there are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same what? 
In other words, the Holy Spirit has other giftings that come along with them. But I'm going to show you that tongues is not a gift. It's a manifestation of the Spirit or an expression of the Spirit. Watch the next verse. He says, there are diversities of, of, of operation. Well, let me go back to verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities or different kinds of how they operate, but it is the same God which works in all. Watch verse 7. Key verse, because the first word in that verse is what? But. Now, but means in contrast to what we just said, he says, but the manifestation, that word translates to mean expression. The expression of the Spirit is given to who? How many? It's given to who? Every man to profit with all. So, watch this now. The Holy Spirit... Is the gift. Because we read it was the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now in the Holy Spirit though. There are manifestations. Because we just read here. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody. So when I get this gift right here. I get all the manifestations that he have on the inside. And some of these manifestations. The first one if we read it. It goes on to say. The first one is. The word of wisdom. Everybody say the word of wisdom. wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom, we're going to make him the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. Now, even though we're talking about speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues is no different than the word of wisdom because the word of wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit too. So, there are going to be times in your life as a Christian, you're going to need a word of wisdom. Amen. What's the next one it says? It says to another, the word of what? Word of knowledge. Now, he's the word of knowledge. Now, one day in your life, you're going to need a word of knowledge. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I'll never forget. I, I was working for a church, and uh, it was late. They had a conference, and it was like I was leaving. It was around uh, midnight or so. I was the last one there. I was locking up all the doors, taking all the trash out, making sure everything was straight for the next day. And so as I was doing that, I felt an urge to just pray in the Spirit. So I began to pray in tongues. Didn't know why. Didn't know, you know. Didn't really have a reason in my mind, but I felt prompted to do it. So I just began to pray in uh, tongues to myself. Well, long story short, I was getting ready to take the trash out, put the trash on top of my car. And I had those kind of keys that separate. So I had my house keys on this one and then church keys over here and my car keys on the church keys. So I had locked up the church and everything, got in there, put the trash on top of my car, took it to the dumpster, dumped it over there. But when I did that, the other set of keys I put on top of my car. Now, I'm praying in tongues. I don't know why I'm praying. And so, long story short, I threw the trash in there, left the keys on the top, got on 360, headed down there. And when I got on 360, down the road, I heard something go. I was like, what was that? Looked in my rearview mirror. It's about 1230 now. I'm going home. I get home. Guess what? I can't get in because those were my keys on top of that car. How many know I ain't going to find those keys in the natural? Because I was living way down there on Lamar. And we were down here on, th- on this end of 360. So check this out. Got home and I feel, oh man, that's must, must, that must have been those keys. So I got back on 360, came back down, started driving down 360, you know, like 40 miles an hour looking for my keys while I'm driving. How many know I ain't going to find those keys? I did it like two or three times and finally I was like, forget it. I'll just duplicate all those keys that's on there. And the Holy Spirit said, nope, go back now 
circle back around and get back on 360. He said, this time, just take it real slow. So I'm driving down 360. It's about one something now. And I'm driving, and he says, just drive slow, about 40, 30, you know, somewhere up in there. And then all of a sudden, he says, now, get on the shoulder of the road. I'm following the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm praying in tongues while I'm doing this. Because, see, when you can pray in tongues, you can still be thinking about something else. Because you're praying in your spirit. So he told me to get over on the shoulder. So I got over on the shoulder, and he says, okay, just slow down, slow down. He said, now, stop. He said, get out of the car. So I got out of the car, and I looked right there in front of my headlight, and right there on the ground were my keys. Now, that was a word of knowledge, but I was also doing the next one. It goes on to say, well, it's not the next one, but I'm going to make it the next one. Because it just makes sense. It ain't no order in this. But if you'll notice here uh, in verse 10, it says, to another, diverse kinds of tongues. So guess what? I was utilizing that. To help me. But I only have this because I have this. Are you with me? So if you have this, then you have this, you have this, and you have this. Now, if you continue to read, there are diverse kinds of tongues. There is the interpretation of tongues. All right? There, there is faith. There is healing. There is... Um, Working of miracles and to another prophecy. So if you just read, there are actually listed nine, but I don't like to say nine because there may be other manifestations of the Spirit that may be in other chapters or whatever. But mainly, these are manifestations of the Spirit. I didn't read dancing in none of that. I didn't read the fire hands in there with the chicken walk. Come on, y'all help me now. I didn't read crying and jumping on the chandelier and swinging. And see, some of us grew up that you didn't really have church without all that. And that's why people say, well, you know, every time I feel the spirit moving my heart, I will. Come on. What if you don't feel the spirit? I didn't read nothing about feelings in there. He said, if you want to manifest the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that dance is wrong because it ain't. But I'm saying don't mix up my response to the manifestation with the manifestation. Because the manifestation says it's going to be prophecy and faith and word of knowledge, word of wisdom. And I can tell you this. It works just like that. Now, my goal as I close today. It's to help you see how to operate these things so that in your everyday life, when you need it, you can utilize it. You say, well, pastor, is it that easy? Okay, let's close now with 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. See, many of you don't know that one of the roadblocks, say roadblocks, one of the roadblocks to manifesting the Holy Spirit is your knowledge level or your will level. Now watch verse 11. It says, but all these, talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, all these works that one and self same spirit, which is the gift, watch this, 
Dividing to how many? How, how many? Dividing to every man, but here's the thing, here's the thing, severally as he will. That's not severally as the Holy Spirit will, severally as you will. In other words, he's saying, if you're willing, I can, God, I can use you to manifest all these whenever you need to. Now watch this. Go over to 1 Corinthians 15. Let me show you this one more time. 1 Corinthians, 15, 1 Corinthians 14, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 14 and look in verse 15. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. And here's the problem as I close. Most people think God's going to make them speak in tongues. Let me ask you a question. Did God put your clothes on this morning for you? Huh? How many in here, God put your clothes on? Let me see. I was going to call security and have them call 911 on you. Okay, let me ask you another question. How many, how many God drove you to church this morning? Let me see your hand. No, because... That's something you willed to do. Well, guess what? Speaking in tongues doesn't come because God wants you to have it. Let me say this. He already wants you to have it. You got to want to have it. Now, you already have the Holy Spirit. But now he's saying there are some manifestations that I want you to be able to operate in that can change your life. Now, I have five minutes. I'm going to use an example for y'all that I didn't use in the first service. I remember one time I locked my keys in the car. This is when I was living in Ohio. My extra set of keys were here in Texas. So I had to go to a meeting and I didn't have time to try to call a locksmith and all that. So I began to pray, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And a word of wisdom popped up just on the inside. See, People call that somebody told me or something told me. You ever said that? Something told me not to do that. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Somebody. <laughs> okay. So uh, just quietly, the Lord said, go in the house and go get Miss Johnson's car keys. Now, Miss Johnson was like my grandmother. She owned one of those station wagons with the wood on the side. <laughs> I was thinking, I ain't driving her car. He said, go in there and get her keys and use her key to open your car. You know, I spent about 15 minutes arguing with the Lord. I said, she got a station wagon with wood on it. He said, are you going to argue with me or not? Go get the key. So I had to go and ask her for her keys. And I didn't know. I was thinking, please don't ask me what I'm going to do with the keys. Because I I already don't even know what I'm going to do with these keys. So I went in there and she gave me the keys. I went outside and I took her. We both had Chevys. That's, that's one thing we did have in common. I had a Chevy Nova. She had a Chevy with wood. <laughs> so I took my round key. And which is the, you know, back in the day, if you're old enough to understand, they didn't have one key for everything like they have right now. You had a round key for the door and the trunk. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And then you had a square key for the ignition. How many know what I'm talking about? You old, that's why. You old. I just want you to know that. So I take the round key. I stick it in the door. I turn it and it won't open. So now I'm frustrated. I'm like, Lord, now see, I'm out here looking like a fool with my pants hanging down. No, I'm just like. <laughs> the door wouldn't open. So he was like, you didn't ask me what to do. I gave you the instructions to go get the keys. Ask me what to do. I said, Lord, what do I do? He says, take the square ignition key. 
go to your trunk, stick it in the trunk, click the trunk, the trunk's going to open, push your seat back, and open your door. So I go to the trunk, I stick the key in, the square key, which fixed in her ignition, I click it, click, and the trunk opens up. Watch this. I push the seat back, open up my door, unlock it, get in the car, and then I said, I'm going to see if this works again. So I made sure my door was unlocked this time, though. I went back to the same trunk, used the same key, stuck it in the trunk, and it wouldn't work. Everybody say a word of wisdom. It's everyday life. Not something that you do just when you're in church. It's something that God wants you to use in your everyday life to help you and help others because it says it's there to profit with all. It's not some weird, oh, look at these weird people. Right. I know now there are some weird people. The one. <laughs> I know it's some of those, but I'm talking about now. Biblical understanding of the Spirit. Did y'all get anything out of this morning's message? All right. Next week, I'm going to teach you how easy it is to receive. Now, you say, receive? I thought I already got it. Yeah, you do. But see, you don't understand that there are two different definitions of the word receive in the Bible. And when I show you the difference in the two, some of y'all's light bulbs are going to click on. And you're going to leave next Sunday and you're going to be right up here. Because, see, when you start praying in, in the spirit, remember now, don't nobody understand but God. So guess what? You can't block your own prayer and nor can the devil. Come on, get a Lord a hand clap if you would. Thank you, fellas.